Hey, so you want to... Um, yeah. So we're going to do this podcast thing today. So it's been like... It's funny because I, when I went to call you on Skype, I, the last time yeah. I talked to you was like June. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah. I think we've talked on, talked on the phone a few times since then. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Not a podcast in a long time. So... It's funny because I was thinking about this whole football thing. Yeah. And um, so you've been a lot closer at following the Dolphins than I have. So you can probably answer or you have a different probably take on some of this stuff than I mm-hmm. have. But um, here's here's what I got to thinking. So, you know, I listen to these podcasts all the time about football. Like the Bill Barnwell show sure. and the Ringer right. NFL show and, right. you know, all this stuff. And... Mike Lombardi, who's horrible. And you listen to all these podcasts, and there's certain things that come out, I guess, is pretty consistent. So um, when it comes to coaching, yeah, right? So one is, are you the kind of coach who can adjust to the players that you have on your team? Right, right. right? Now, this is pretty much reserved for the best coaches, so okay. the Bill Belichick's, the Andy Reeds, Pete Carroll, you know, people who have proven over time that they can take whoever they're given and turn yeah. that into a winning team. Now, yeah. you know, you could always argue, well, yeah, Belichick's always <laughs> had Brady. So if you've got that constant, you know, that yeah. helps, obviously. Yeah. But you you understand the idea, right? Yeah. And, and I think you could relate sure. that to basketball. You know, if you think about Bobby Knight, you know, Bobby Knight won with Isaiah Thomas and Bobby Knight won with a whole different crew, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like he, the team he had with Isaiah Thomas was not the same. Oh, there goes the train. Oh, yeah. The team he had with There's Isaiah Thomas. The train goes on. I always like the train, so. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll keep it going. Uh, but the team he had with Isaiah Thomas, the way they yeah. play, the style they play, everything was different. Sure. Than what he did with other things. So the idea with a great coach is they adjust to whoever they've got. Yeah. Right. And then you get system coaches who are good, mm-hmm. like a Mike Shanahan type or I don't know who, who fits into that, where yeah. people say, well, they're a good coach, but they're sort of too stuck to their system. Right. Yeah. And they can't see beyond their system. And so if things don't line up just right for them, things aren't going to work. Yeah. Right. And I think that's probably where, like, a, um, well, like I said, that would be like, I think a lot of people would say that's a Mike Shanahan. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His system is great and it's really good and he can make small adjustments, but everything has to fit his system. And so I was thinking, well, okay, the Dolphins over the years, we've tried all these different coaches. High turnover rate. Yeah. For the Dolphins. Sure. And, my take on Gase, at least three years in, is that I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a system guy. I don't know yeah. if he can adjust to what he's got. But I do know that he's been able to figure out a way to win. Yeah. Fairly consistently. And not. And I think the difference between like the 8-8 eight and eight Philbin teams or the 7-9 and nine Sperano teams and like mm-hmm. the Gase teams is that they always seem to be competitive. Yeah. Right? I mean, 
every week they seem to show up ready to play. They've got a plan. It may not work. They may get. Yeah. They may lose, but but they seem competitive week after week. Which I don't know. At this point, as a Dolphins fan, that's all I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, is that so wrong? <laughs> no, 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 no. That I mean, that's you know. Yeah, my okay. So, so my experience in following is is that I don't listen to all the podcasts. I have pretty much just been this emotional fan of one team, right? And and almost illogically so. Like I've kind of like I remember we had a conversation in email recently, and we talked about um, Marvin Lewis or the you know like would I have wanted the Dolphins' history with Marvin Lewis? You know, imagining that that he would have had the same career in Miami as what he's had in Cincinnati, or what I would have preferred to have the actual history that we've had. And, and when you, I think you brought that up and when, or somebody did. And when that came up, I was really kind of on the fence and was like kind of scratching my, because I have this like totally illogical sense of Dolphins history and that I think it's been much better than what it in fact has. Right. And so like when we actually looked at the numbers, it turned out that the Bengals and Marvin Lewis's history have been phenomenally more successful than the Dolphins have in the same period. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just silliness. So I don't, I don't have real clarity. Um, but my sense, I, first of all, I agree with you about the, the Dolphins seem to have a plan in every game. Um, there, and, and furthermore, they seem to have a plan even over the course of the game. Um, it just, you know, it feels like, um, it does not feel like they exactly, you know, fold up tents at second ha- at, at halftime. Right. Uh, anywhere they seem to have a, a, you know, a second punch, where they're able to make some adjustments and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Now whether that was true, whether that was true under Sperano or the other coaches, I'm not sure. But I do feel like that that he's, um, you know, he's competent. Uh, well, Philbin was weird because Philbin, you know, they would consistently, well, they went 7 9, 8 and 8 and 8 and 8 with yeah. Philbin. But that team never felt like they were growing. Like, yeah. I mean, it always felt like there was so many problems there. There was all these issues. There was mm-hmm. never, like, you never really thought they were going to compete for a playoff spot. You never really thought they were in it. I mean, it just felt like they were always going to be perpetually in the same place. Yeah. Um, I don't know. With Gase, and I don't know, maybe he's Ray Rhodes. You know, I always think of Ray Rhodes. I was living in Philly when Ray Rhodes was the Eagles coach. And the thing about Rhodes, because I watched all those games, was that he always came out and their team was always ready. They always had a great plan. They, they would try their hardest. They fought all the way through, but then they would lose, you know. And yeah. they and I never knew. Some of that was Rhodes on his own shoulders because he was also the GM. Why they made him coach and GM, I'll never understand. But he was also the GM, and he just didn't have the talent. You know, mm-hmm. so some of that fell on him because he was responsible for the talent. But then you also wondered, too, was it just a ceiling to his own ability to coach? Yeah. And so yeah. I feel like with Gaze, like what we, we, I guess I've come to the point to think they've got to, we have to, I think they have to move on from Tannehill is what it all comes down to. Mm-hmm. And figure out, like, if you got him a 
better quarterback, somebody who's been consistently better, mm-hmm. will the offense take a step up? Will the team actually get better? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I, think the biggest problem, he can't stay healthy. He can't play 16 games. Right. Now he can't. Right. right. As of, as of, yeah, it's just, you know, that was what was, that's what's so, um, uh, I'm a big fan. Tana, I'm a big fan of Tannehill. He's gotten, I think he's gotten better. I think he's been a good soldier. He was very dependable for the first five years of his career or something like that. He didn't mess it down for, you know, the first long run of his career. And then he got hurt and now he's, you know, He's just, yeah, he's not he's not a dependable um, resource at all. So I think you're right. I mean, I think that they will have to do something different at quarterback this year. My guess is, is they'll try to solve it both ways with a draft and with a with a different backup. Um, I don't know. Maybe they may stick with Osweiler and decide he's the he's enough of a veteran. No, you know, they may do that, <laughs> but I suspect they'll be drafting a quarterback early. Um, See, but my uh, you know, concern is, Eric, they'll just continue to be 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, they'll just continue to be that yeah. team over, forever. Like, it'll yeah. never change. Well, I got to tell you, if they will go, I mean, this is total loser talk, but for my own, for my own personal experience, I'm okay with them being, you know, if they'll win between 8 and 10 games a year, and sort of being competitive in all of them and sort of like making the playoffs more often than not fine that's good i'm you know? with you there that's so no, much no, no. better like that's the marvin so lewis years in cincinnati no i'm with you there yeah that's so but much it has better. to be like eight to ten it can't be six to eight yeah what i can, yeah what i can't and what the other thing too is is that like gase okay my feeling on gase is he's a really young guy and my guess is he's not a particularly good coach yet. You know, I imagine he's got some really good parts about him, and that's to the that's why the Dolphins do as well as what they can. He makes some like really really curious decisions. I think like like um, you know like this year this fascination with using Frank Gore as the primary ball carrier. Right. They have this guy Kenyon Drake, the guy who just scored the touchdown against the Dolph- against the Patriots, who's you know younger, faster. You know, I just don't I just don't understand that. Um, but what I want to see the Dolphins do, and this is where I ultimately think that it's really not even our conversation here is really not about Tannehill and it's really not about Gase or anybody else. It's really just about the ownership. I just want to see like a firm decision of like, okay, this is going to be our guy for a while and let him actually get better, you know, because that will happen. Um, and they will, you know, um, well, I guess that's why I'm kind of interested in Gaze. And I, I think I now, and maybe I'm off on this, but the, to me, it does. I think they need to figure out. So here's the problem with here's the problem with finishing eight and eight. Right. Is you never can draft a high quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if you luck into a quarterback like a Russell Wilson late, well, that's just luck. I mean, the chances of that happening are pretty far and be between. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you trying to target free agent quarterbacks, which as we know are a total, yeah, they've never gone well for the Dolphins. Yeah. I like their <laughs> idea of Derek Carr. Yeah. But I think Derek Carr might be an interesting chance to take. Yeah, he might be. He might be. 
I mean, he has shown, you know, fairly good consistency. And, you know, I just feel like it's it's worth a – and he's young, you know. So he still has a long ways to learn and a lot to do. But I, I guess know. I do kind of, you know – First of all, I mean, I would not, I mean, that would be fine. You know, I would be excited about the possibility of Derek Carr. But I do wonder about the premise that I actually don't think I believe that it's as much of a luck deal in terms of, like, finding these guys off the start of the first round. Um, I think, again, it's the, it's the, it's the investment in actually these guys getting better. And, um, you know, Brady Brady was not great from the start with New England. Right. You know, they won in spite of him largely that first year with, with Bledsoe. Um, he had his moments, but, but you know, I, I think that if we could get some kind of, like, consistent logical plan from the top and, um, and, and, and commit to commit to a plan and, and sticking with these decisions, I actually think we'd be much better off. Uh, but I don't know. I'm just so glad they beat New England on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think there, you know, what I do think is interesting is there is uh so in, in recent years, I guess, since I've been following the NFL the way I am now, which is, like mm-hmm. following it, not really by watching so much. It's just by yeah, reading right. and listening about it. There's been th- three quarterbacks I can think of who have developed into what we think of as great quarterbacks. So one would be um, Brady, mm-hmm. right? So Brady comes in that first year. Everybody thinks of him as just a game manager. Right. He's a scrappy guy. He'll make the third down pass that he has to. He's not going to get you a lot of yards. He's just going to, you know, not screw up, right? Like, he's not yeah. going to screw the game up for you. And, you know, honestly, that first Super Bowl was won by their kicker. So, right, uh, like, the greatest kicking performance in the history of anybody, that run he had in the playoffs. But, yeah. um, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of Brady in that first year. It's like, okay, we can get by with him. It'll all be okay. And then the next guy I think of that way is Roethlisberger, right? So Roethlisberger comes in his first year with the Steelers. Well, he's a game manager. He's a big guy. He can stand in there yep. and take a hit. He can make a, you know, the exact same thing was said about Roethlisberger that was said about Brady, essentially. Yeah. Right? And then the next guy I think of is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, when Russell Wilson came in, it was essentially we're handing the ball to Marshawn Lynch we're going to let Russell Wilson, we're going to run this very, very, very stripped down offense with Russell Wilson, and he's not going to screw the game up. And and we're going to win on defense and running the ball, right? Yeah. And so I do think you're right. Like, there is, you need to be able to bring these guys along in a way that sort of shows improvement. And I think Tannehill... To his credit, I think he has shown that. Like, every year under Philbin, he was getting better. Um, you know, 2014 was his best year by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
I just think it's either either because of the injury stuff, it set him back, or I don't know what's going on with it. I don't know why he suddenly – but it's not that he's gotten bad. It's just that it looks like he's hit a ceiling. Right? Yeah. Like he just isn't going to get better. Yeah. And so I don't know where you go from there. I mean, at what point do you say, you know, this guy's just not going to get any better. We just have to kind of do something different. I mean, isn't that what they've been saying about Andy Dalton for right forever? So right, right. I don't know. I, I mean, I think that this this probably, you know, I guess I was a little surprised that they didn't do it this past season, um, but I think that my guess is, is that they will they will make a change this year, and I think it'll be. I the, was kind of hoping they would. I actually hope they would go after Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I was too. Because Teddy Bridgewater was a uh, – I don't understand Teddy Bridgewater. Why – what has happened that nobody wanted to touch him? I mean, he got really, really hurt. Yeah. But he was a functional quarterback his rookie year. Right? I mean, he oh, wasn't yeah. He wasn't like a bad quarterback, and everybody thought he had real promise as a rookie. Yeah. And then it's like he got hurt, and it's just like why didn't the um, I will never understand like why the uh, Bucks didn't go after Teddy Bridgewater. He cost nothing. You could have got him for no money, and you would have had sure. a backup to Blake Bortles that had real potential and is young. You know. Yeah. I agreed. It's very strange to me. Like in 2015. Right, Teddy Bridgewater led them to an eleven and five record. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, no, just... I agree. He's of the. I actually still think that he's probably. Um, I guess he's with New New Orleans now, um, which seems like a like a decent fit for him. Um, yeah, I think they see him as a back. You know, like as a. As a, well, I, I don't know what they see him as, but yeah, I think he's so for insurance in case he, you know, what's his name gets hurt. But. I was just looking at the list of um, active leaders in playoff records for starting quarterbacks, and uh, number one, far and away, of course, is Brady, and we all know, you know, his story. He was a late round draft choice. Right. Next to are Roethlisberger and Manning. Um, Manning was a first overall pick. Um, Roethlisberger was a high pick. He was 11 overall. Okay. Then we go to Drew Brees, who was a second round pick, first pick of the second round. Um, Aaron when the Ro- Dolphins could have had Drew Brees. Oh, yes. I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere. All these guys think to some extent the Dolphins could have had. Okay. Uh, then we go to Aaron Rodgers. Well, that, it's, it has... Um... Has Goheath talked to you about the whole Drew Brees to the Dolphins thing? No, I don't think so. So I don't, I don't remember now the whole background story to this and whatnot. But he was reading a, a book recently where they were talking about something. I don't know, but yeah. it, it dealt with Saban and his time with the Dolphins, and Saban really wanted Brees, mm-hmm. um, but you know they they obviously didn't go with Brees. Yeah. And so 
that's when Saban said, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And left. Yeah. Of course, oh, no. I think that's Saban making up his own new history. I, yeah. But, yeah. you know, everybody confirms the fact that everybody assumed the Dolphins were going were gonna right, to sign Breeze. Right. No, I mean, I remember that day. So. I mean, I literally remember the day that he was supposed to be signing with Miami, and then it turned out that I think the announcement came first that the Dolphins were signing Culpepper, and then that same day um, the Saints signed Breeze. And that was a huge deal in my family because, um, like, uh, uh, you know, my whole family, uh, I've got nephews who went to Purdue. They were huge fans of Breeze in college. Greasy had been to Purdue. Right. You know, this this was, like, monumental. I mean, this was going to be the whole family comes home to the Dolphins. So the, I, I get this all the time about Breeze and the Dolphins. So, yeah, it's just brutal. I'm so sick of hearing that. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, Nick Saban, I mean, come on, you know. I have a hard time believing as much money as they had invested in, you know, who knows? I mean, well, my thing with Breeze is that, that he, look, he and Sean Payton were meant to be together. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just the way that works. We don't know how that would have worked. Yeah. You know? I mean, obviously Saban wouldn't have been his coach. He's not an offensive guy. Yeah. And so who knows? I don't know who the offensive coordinator was of yeah. those teams, but you know, it, for all we know, it would have been a complete flop. You know, Breeze would have been out. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I was just looking at the rest of these. So it's it's about the, these top the, the top quarterbacks in terms of winning percentage in the playoffs are Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning, Breeze, Rodgers, Flacco, Russell Wilson, and Nick Foles. And of those, Roethlisberger, well, Manning was the first overall um, Roethlisberger is a, it was the 11th overall pick. Flacco was an 18th overall pick, and Rodgers was a late first round pick. Um, Breeze is the second, Foles is the third, Wilson is the third, and Brady was the seventh. So <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you know, my guess is is that, um, of course, you know. You get them when you can get them, but the the main thing is is make them better, you know. And um, I don't know. I, I I don't really have any answer to this other than there's some kind of. It feels like it starts at the top, and it feels like that it's like this kind of like. Um, there's probably a culture of. Of uh, you know guys all saying and thinking the right thing, but in truth they're all always kind of like positioning themselves for their next hire because they know there's no consistency in that Dolphins organization, and so like everyone is a little you know they maybe spend a little less time um, concentrating on developing players because they really don't think they're going to be around. Sure. And, no, I know what uh, you mean. There's a little more. There's a little more interest in do- making you know, shying away from unconventional choices because then you have to explain those in job interviews for your next job. And so, you know, even though you may see this, this could work, you know, if you don't feel safe in your job, you pretty much roll back to the conventional wisdom. Well, and this is why, to me, this is why Gase becomes interesting because now maybe I'm thinking wrong, but since he's been there, the culture seems to have shifted in a more positive direction. 
the team does seem to show up ready to play every week. Um, you know, I don't know much about how they're developing players. Nobody spends much time talking about the Dolphins on the national press. But, um, you know, they seem to be a team that's consistently competitive. Mm-hmm. And you don't hear all these horror stories come out of Miami every week. You know, yeah. about this player doing this or this happening here. or So for, my, not- for me, like, I'm just happy for that. That's huge. You know, it's a huge. It's I'm a huge. I'm happy for that, and I'm happy to see them, like, make that kind of progress. And so, yep. as long as we have a coach who can sort of do that, mm-hmm. I'm happy to stick with him. Now, maybe play around with like who your offensive coordinators are or things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what role Gase plays in designing the offense or doing any of that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's his history. His offensive coordinator, but. Um, I don't know. It's funny, Eric. It's like I just want them to sort of be competitive and not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like you said, I want them to range between eight and eight and ten and six. Yeah, I'm happy right. with that because you can blip in there and have a twelve and four sure, year or something sure, like that. Absolutely. Then you're in the I, game. They just know? but the they've got to break out of the whole six and ten to eight and eight thing. Because yeah, that doesn't, right. that, I mean, that's how you never make the playoffs. Yeah, sure. And so. yet you're still not, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't I know. know. It's funny. This is the most upbeat I've been about the Dolphins in a long time. Yeah. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that. They're seven and six. Right. I mean, they, well, and you know, I was really resigned to the fact that they were going to go eight and eight. And I think if Tannehill had stayed healthy, I think they would be. I think they'd be closer to like nine and four right now, mm-hmm. but um, I think you know now that they're seven and six, I I actually think they can end up nine and seven now. So I'm starting to I don't know. We'll yeah. See. <laughs> <laughs> the Dolphins. Well, you know what? Their expected win loss this year was five. They were expected to be essentially five and eight. That was their expected win loss. Yeah. And I think the fact that they're ahead of their expected is yeah. a, is a very good thing. And they lost their starting quarterback. I mean, at one point this season, I remember looking and like uh, because I was thinking about that how the rule changes to protect the quarterback seemed to have worked. You know. That though there was a lot of hullabaloo about that early, and it seemed like they maybe adjusted it a little bit how they were calling it, and that sort of thing. But by and large, we had the starting quarterbacks on the field. You know, I, like if I midseason, um, you know, I looked and the teams, all of the teams that were projected to make the playoffs, the Dolphins were the only one who had lost their quarterback at all. Right. And uh, and so, you know, that's that's one thing is that as you know, people kind of say all the time, anecdotally, that it's a quarterback-driven league. And, you know, of course, you know, you hope you have a good backup plan. But, you know, keeping that quarterback healthy is probably, my guess is that's probably as much a predictor of success as anything for a team. Um, yeah, I think so. And so... Health is know, a huge thing. The Dolphins the Dolphins lost theirs for four games, and here they still are. You know, they're still on... They, they just beat... They just beat... 
what is probably the best team in the AFC, and they're in the fringe of the playoff hunt. So, right. I mean, well, they are very much in the, on the fringe of the playoff hunt. No, it's so. funny. I know you're a big Bill Barnwell fan, but you know yeah. he talks a lot. He he talks a lot about health. Yeah. You know, and he'll he'll talk about how you know when like when Atlanta went to the Super Bowl the year they went to the Super Bowl. He was saying, you know, the next year, well, you would expect them to regress just simply because of the fact that they were so healthy yeah. on offensive line the yeah, entire yeah. season. Like, that's not going to happen again. Like, right. that is, in some ways, that's luck. Yes. And so, yeah. you know, you, you know you're going to regress there. So you're not going to yeah. get – there's no way they're going to get as many wins because that's going to be a regression point. And so mm-hmm. – um, but I do think there's something to this idea as well that Barnwell is also a big guy who believes that quarterback staying healthy is kind of a, a skill, mm-hmm. right? And so you start to look at a guy like Garoppolo, yeah, who just can't stay healthy. And you and you look at why, like you look at how Garoppolo got hurt this year. Mm-hmm. It was stupid. Right. Like, you cannot put yourself in that situation if you're the starting quarterback of the team. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't do it. You right. Know? Right. Um, well, Brady, you know, Brady is the, obviously the best example of this. Because oh, he just falls like a turtle. He just t- totally clumps down. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's, it's like the least uh, heroic looking, but most, you know, in fact, is the, the you know, the fact that he cares so little about his image that he's willing to do that. Right. You know, he doesn't have to worry about looking like a tough guy because, you know. Well, Russell doesn't... Wilson last night, you know, he breaks that one run, is going down the sidelines. Now, he could yeah. try to cut back in and get a few more yards yeah. or whatever, but he doesn't want to stop the clock, so he doesn't want to run out of bounds. Yeah. So he just slides down in the grass, you know. I mean, yeah. that's. <laughs> right. That's 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 smart. I mean, it's and I don't know. Maybe Tannehill can get healthy again, and I think he can be a top twenty quarterback. I just don't know if you can get over the hump of being nine and seven with unless you get a lot more skill players. I don't know. Yeah, but the Dolphins seem to have uh, a pretty shallow roster, so. Oh yeah. I mean, they've they've outperformed what people expected from them by far this year. I, it's funny yeah. because one of the sh- the on the the Ringer NFL show, they've been giving a lot of credit this year to um, Sean McDermott mm-hmm. for getting four wins for Buffalo despite the, the horrible roster they have, and um, that's essentially where everybody was, you know everybody was putting the Dolphins at like a. Four and twelve, five and eleven season, you know. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, and I think the fact that Gase has gotten them at seven and six and they're in the playoff hunt says something about him. So, I don't know. So I'm really interested in this whole like uh, between now and the next podcast. I'm going to see what I can find out about uh, um, injuries, like missed start, missed starts by missed games by starters or something like that, and how that. I'm sure Barno has probably written a whole piece on that. I'm sure that I'm sure it all. Our football outsiders, I think, is where he started doing that work. So, Mike, they they might have something around that. Maybe I'll see what I can find about that. All right, I gotta go. Uh, Yeah, next week we'll talk about Repo Man. Okay. Okay. Great.
<laughs> Do I have to watch it between now and then? Have you have you never seen Repo Man? No, I've never seen it. Really? Well, seen or with you? Yeah, I probably saw like five minutes total with you. That's sad, Eric. I'll try to wade through it. No, yeah. God, no! Don't watch Repo Man. <laughs> I'll read the Wikipedia. It's one of my favorite movies ever, but I don't. Oh, think, I know it is. But I don't think you would like it at all. So. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> this, this is a conversation that we had. In like 1986, too. It's the exact same conversation. I know, but but we should talk about, I think what we should talk about are movies like, like I'm sure there's some movie that for you, you're like, this is a great movie. Sure. But you know that other people, like like I might think, no, it's junk, you know. Right. So I think we could have a conversation about those kind of movies. Um, like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's a good question. Because I'd be curious to hear what kind of movies you would put up there besides like Brian's song, you know, and things yeah. like that. <laughs> or the made-for-TV version of some <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters movie. Being mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, come on. You love those movies, though. So. <laughs> I do love them. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll talk to no, you. No, I think no, but okay. what I want to do next week is yeah. uh uh top ten movie list. Okay. I don't know why, I'm just in the mood for a top ten list. That's so. fine. That's fine. Okay, I'll give that some thought. Bye. Alright. Goodbye. Talk to you soon.